0: I'm Chris and this is On The Line, my NBA podcast where I talk to friends living around the country about all things hoops. We do some NBA-related deep dives, some drafts, some news and notes from around the league. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at Line underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Uh, send me any NBA-related questions to onthelinepod at gmail.com check out previous episodes on our website on the line podcast.com hop into a deep dive check out a previous draft it's all up there last if you could rate review subscribe to the show in stitcher itunes spotify wherever you get podcasts i greatly appreciate it all right on the show today we got a very special guest he is a three-time nba slam dunk contest champ he played in the nba for 11 years he's the only person ever to win the slam dunk contest three times uh, he plays uh, in in the Big Three. He is in the he's in the film Uncle Drew. Um, Nate Robinson is on the show today with Ben and I. Uh, I couldn't be more excited. Um, we we Ben and I knew the All Star Game was coming up this weekend, and we figured who better than Nate Robinson to have on the show and to talk about his career and uh, the slam dunk contest. So I'm very proud to share this uh, conversation with new york knickerbocker legend seattle native nate robinson on the line we got a very special guest he is the only three-time nba slam dunk champion in the history of the league he's an 11-year nba vet he gets buckets uh in the big three he plays boots in the film uncle drew welcome to the show Nate Robinson, Nate. It's Chris Wendelkin and Ben Kra. What is good? What's going on? How you guys doing, man?
1: Thanks for
2: having me. Thank you so much for doing this, Nate. This is awesome. Uh, we are we're making on the line history here with our uh, our first uh, former NBA player to uh, to be on the podcast. So. Yeah, man, this is a thrill. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you
0: so much for doing it. This is sweet. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, Nate, Ben, and I are huge hoop fans, and we're huge Knicks fans. So. We got a bunch of stuff to ask you about. Want to pick your brain about, um, and we figured the best way to talk would just be talking about the past, present, and future of all things Nate Robinson. So we wanted to begin with your 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 hooping days. Talk about the slam dunk contest. We got the All Star game right around the corner here, and then talk about some of the stuff you currently got going on, and then we'll discuss what's next for you and and the state of the NBA. So. Uh, let's start, man. We're, we're both, uh, from the tri-state area. I was born and raised in New York. Ben grew up in Connecticut. We both are massive, massive Knicks fans. So, um, (laughs) I want to say firstly, man, as a native New Yorker, uh, you made Knicks fans so proud, man. Like you, you know, I think people tend to root for the underdog and being a guy of smaller stature, you know, you always embodied like the tough swagger that people in New York love. So can you talk to us a little bit in a big picture way about like what it was like playing in New York for four and a half, five years in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden? Like what were the fans like? And how do you like describe that energy? Man, I
1: describe that energy as like a movie. It was literally mm-hmm. like watching and re- re- like, kind of like acting out real life, to- like a movie kind of man it was just it was unreal you know showing up to the garden every day uh every game that we had in in the garden and so many different people would show up so many movie stars so many actresses and entertainers and uh you know it's always something going on in the garden it was uh it was awesome man it was magical it was it was it was just a feeling that you would you would probably think of as a kid and you actually go out and live it you know playing in in the mecca uh you know they say you can make it in, in new york you can make it anywhere so I literally, you know, I literally play like that. Like if I can make it here, I can make it anywhere. That's what they say. So, uh, you know, that's what I that's what I brought to the table when I when I when I stepped foot in the garden.
0: Yeah, man. I I think people really got that about you. You know, I think like one thing about you thinking about your time with the Knicks, like you really understood. I I think you really understood New Yorkers and what we loved, and part of that is like. You always put on a show. I don't know. You, you probably feel the same way, Ben. Like, Nate, you always put on a show when you were on the court when it was, like, it wasn't just that you dunked or that you hit big shots, but you would do it with, like, a swagger. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you right. knew how to, like, fire up the crowd.
2: Yeah, I would say, uh, just to chime in, like, my initial experience as a Knicks fan was watching John Starks and, like, his, like, passion and, and energy and, like, the way he would react to stuff, um, you know you could just tell like how much he cared and that like watching nate uh like you reminded me so much of him you know and and honestly like you kind of made those some of those teams like in the you know 2006 2007 era like you were sort of the only like watchable thing about some of those teams (laughs) so uh i just want to give you give you a shout out for um yeah for making those those some of those lean years uh
1: Man, because it's it's like in the back of your mind as an athlete i know athlete, all athletes think like do people really appreciate my game
2: yeah oh hell yeah
1: i always wonder, wondered that you know if, if people really appreciate you know what i put into it because that was all of who i am i leave everything on the court like me reacting and like i think that's a part of who like who you are it shows you know your your real personality when you're out there playing and having fun enjoying yourself that's how you should play
0: yeah man you know, it wasn't just, it just your heart, man. Like we saw, we saw, like, I, I felt like when we saw you play, we really saw who you, who you are, you know, like the passion you play with. Just two questions for you, man. Is there someone like an athlete that you idolized growing up? And like, is there someone that you molded your game after or someone that you, that inspired uh, you?
1: Yeah, I had two, I had three major guys that I actually, like, I absolutely loved. And it was, uh, you know their game and everything they put into it was michael jordan of course is one of my favorite players of all time uh deon sanders prime time was like my mm-hmm. one of my idols I, like everything deon did he always thought he was the best the fastest the baddest. like that's how i felt that's the mentality that i wanted to uh, bring to the table Is that i i just can't be stopped the, the only person that can stop me is me and i just wanted to and i, I ran with that and alan iverson Mm. He taught me how the, It's okay to be yourself, yeah. who you are. You know, in, in your game, be yourself, who the way you're, like how you got here. However, you got here, that's the way they they, they noticed that they didn't notice you being anything other than that.
0: Yeah, man, I, I completely. I don't know about you, Ben. I completely see the Iverson comp. And the, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Too.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because you were a, a football player as well growing up, right, Nate? Yes, sir. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Nate.
0: My other question was: is is there a guy? Is there a guy playing today who reminds you a little bit of Nate Robinson or or? And then, even if there isn't, is there someone... You mean, like,
1: besides my son? <laughs> nah, like, oh,
0: yeah.
2: I
1: mean, honestly, my son, my son, my oldest son, he's, I won't say he's, the way he plays is kind of like me, like, the energy he brings, he has that to a T. Like, you, would, a coach would never have to ask my son to go hard, to work hard, yeah. to bring the effort, the energy, like, that's that's a given. So I told him, he got the hard part down already. Because <laughs> that's, that's the thing that is hard to, you know, to, to teach and coach your kids to, to have. I nice. said, you have that part... The one thing that I love that he has, he's quiet like Kawhi Leonard. Like, he don't say much. Mm-hmm. He's the total opposite of me. Like, I love to talk. I love to, you know, I talk trash. I'm, you know, I get, I get people revved up and ready to go. That was my, that was who I was. My son is, my younger, my older son is a little different. You know, he's quiet, but he has that 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 Westbrook energy, that dog in him. Like, Westbrook <laughs> was just quiet like Kawhi Leonard. It's kind of scary because he don't <laughs> ever say nothing ever, but he's got mm-hmm. this. He'd be out there cooking. Oh,
2: nice! How how old is he? He's fourteen. Oh, awesome! All right, so he's just starting to play like high school ball. So next year, yeah, he starts high school
1: next year. He's gonna go to. Uh, he's gonna attend probably my my high school that I went to, which is pretty cool. My my high school coach gets to coach my son. Amazing.
2: Oh, awesome! Wow! Yeah. In
1: Seattle, right? Yeah. So Jamal Crawford went to this high school. Doug Christie, myself, Terrence Williams, yeah. Dejounte Murray. School. Yeah, uh, Kevin Porter. So there's a lot of guys that came out of Washington.
0: Nate, a couple episodes, the beach. a couple episodes, we just did like a big deep dive on the uh, Seattle SuperSonics. But I was going to say after after we talk a little Knicks, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Sonics and if there's any chance if they could get a team again up there. I just it feels like. Man, I hope so. I yeah. hope
1: with Anthony Davis uh, leaving the Pelicans, supposedly, I hope the Pelicans come. Oh to wow! Yeah, yeah.
0: Is yeah. that possible? We wow. would,
1: we would, we, we would adopt them. We would love for them to come here. Any NBA team, but them say so they can definitely come. And I just, I, I, just hope at that time when it comes, they will let me be a part of the organization because I think I can be a great help. Yeah, man. To Seattle yeah. basketball as in an the future. ambassador.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, looking back on those Knicks days in the mid 2000s, you know, so as a Knicks fan, aside from some of your, you know, great individual performances, thinking back on those mid 2000s teams. They were pretty infamous, man. I mean, there, there were some pretty bleak moments, and uh, I just I, I remember the team really being like maligned in the press and whatever. And you know, I mean, the the team just didn't win a ton. I mean, looking back on those four and a half five years that you were here, you now as like a professional athlete, how do you how do you handle not always getting like the opportunities that you want, whether it's minutes or shots? And you know, is there any advice uh, you give yourself like looking yeah, back?
1: Yeah, man. On uh, back in the day, when I when I played, I just knew that you know I wasn't going to play a lot, and when I did play, you got to show them who you are in yeah. the little bit of minutes that you could. So that was a game I played with myself when I was in the game. The game and I'm within like, the game, yeah. Yeah, so it's a game within the game. I would play it by minutes, and I would play it by, uh, like play it by the attributes and the stats that I wanted to go out and get and pre- perform the way I can in the minutes that I get. So per minute, like I would try to get my dad. He's always tell me try to get one layup try to get one mid-range jumper, try to go to the free throw line once and try to make one three-pointer, try to get uh, one rebound, one assist, one steal in the time that you're in, in the minutes that you play. If you can get one layup each, one jumper, one, and then I will start getting one layup, but I'll count my head off because that's one layup. I don't have to get that. Now the next one is you know, a jump shot that I'm looking for if it comes to me. But if, I, if a jumper doesn't come, oh, I'm going to go get a layup, that's two. So I got two layups now, but I still owe myself a jump shot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I still owe yeah, myself nice. a 3 so I would just try to pay these things to myself in my head, like you know, just making sure when you're in, when you're making sure that you're, you know, you're in the game and locked in and doing what you can for your team, getting the steal, getting the hustle play, 50-50 balls. Like I would try to do everything on the stat as positive as I can, yeah, for as long as I can. yep. And then sometimes I was, I would score. Like say I would come down and hit three threes in a row. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it happened. I come down and get a three, come down and get another three, and that's six. Why? Right, cool. I got an extra bonus three that I got. Now I can go. You know, next for the next shot I'm looking for it. You know. Whatever the defense gives me, I'm taking it. If it's a three, uh, I got nah, I got a bonus three, two bonus <laughs> three. Like, I just played the game within myself. And it yeah. you know, kind of made me a little better because I wasn't just looking just to score. It was, you know, trying to get a couple more rebounds and sneaky little uh, assists here and there. And, you know, just trying to make that stat. So if I'm playing 10 minutes and you see eight points, two assists, one rebound, two steals, like, why is this kid playing more? You're going to start <laughs> putting, saying to people, like, why he should be playing way more than what he
0: Yeah, man. I mean, speaking for me and all my friends, we loved you. And it just everyone felt that way that like you were you were so, so much a part of like the heart of the Knicks. And I I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. I mean, people real recognize is real man thinking back on those teams. So you were at the Knicks from about 2005 to 2009, 10. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like thinking about like you know their coaches Larry Brown, Isaiah Thomas, Mike D'Antoni. You had all these crazy teammates, whether it was Trevor Ariza, Jamal Crawford, Eddie Curry, Steve Francis, uh, Penny Hardaway, David Lee, Stephon Marbury, Wilson Chandler, Gallinari. I don't know, man. If you could put your finger on it, like what happened with those teams? Because there certainly was a lot of talent. What is it? Is there? I know you don't. I just think that they they,
1: they they. I just think they rushed. They just be rushing the picking the coach or picking the right yeah. person to mm. lead when they could just yeah. let one person do it just for a few years. like yeah. just give, you know what I'm saying. Like regardless, like you gotta you gotta you know crawl before you walk. People want I know they want success immediately, but with the team that they were putting together with the young guys that we had, I mean to see to see myself and see how the player I I came out to be was cool. D. Lee came in with me. Channing Fry. Channing Fry still plays in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. David, Lee, David Lee could still play if he really wanted to. If somebody can play him the minutes that he would want, can still play. You had Trevor Ariza, Wilson Chandler, uh, uh, Marty Collins. That's right. Another player that's killing overseas. Mm-hmm. We got, we drafted Ronaldo Bachman, Gallo. I'm trying to think who else is there. Larry Hughes
0: man. was on those teams. Jalen Rose was yeah, there yeah, for Jared, a second. Yeah, We had Jared Jeffries. That's right. Zach Randolph was yeah, there. Tim had, Thomas.
1: We had. Yeah, we had Al Jefferson I mean Al Harrington like we had we had Clint Richardson we had pieces that we yeah. you know what I'm saying? we needed to win we just needed we just needed just a little now I won't say more time it's just we needed the coach to be there yeah. every step of the way but well, we had three coaches Right. What, one, two, three. We had three coaches in five the five years I was there. That's got to yeah. be hard,
0: man. I I got to imagine, I, I, and I think that in New York especially, there's always this like rush for like instant success. And like to your point, sometimes exactly. teams got to so grow. Gotta, Guys got to grow yeah. together, right?
1: You got to you got to imagine some coaches they bring in might not like you as of your game. Right. They might not want to play you. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I've been through it all. I've been through coaches that didn't want me to play, and then when they had to let me play, I did well. It just it, it like made them mad. Yeah. That I was that I would do well. You right. Know, like, right, man, right. What kind of coach? What kind of coach wants his player not to do? <laughs> right. So yeah. it was just a little different for me to understand. Like it got all the way till I got to college to see that, you know, coaches are are just different, man. You know, I mean, because, you know, when I was at UW, Coach Romar taught us so much. but He let us play, let us be men being younger. You know what I'm saying? I was a winner high school. I was a winner like with my high school coach. You know what I'm saying? Because Mike Batia, he coaches a certain way, you know, which is cool. But it's like when you got to the NBA, it was like. They, the, the coach wants you to be a certain way, and if you're not that, they, they, they can't have you around.
0: Yeah, you know, athletes always say that thing, pro athletes always say that thing about, like, oh, you know, basketball, it's a business. And I think as fans, you know, Ben and I have never played professionally or anything like that. You kind of wonder what that means. And, like, when you, when you just said that thing about, like, sometimes the coaches don't like it when a player plays well because it makes them look bad, it's like, holy shit, that's what you're talking about, which is, like, no, the coaches trying thing. to make themselves look good and if you're not part of that plan, then all of a sudden they look stupid, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, I went for, I went, just like when I was in with the Knicks with Dan Tony, he sat me down for a whole month. That's right. The man never gave me an explanation. He never talked to me about why. He just yes. did not speak to me. Like, he was going out of his way not to talk to me when I would I go out of my way to speak to him. Mm. He, didn't want, he didn't want nothing to do with me. So I'm like, and I didn't understand, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to just continue to work hard. Right. I'm not going to be mad, but when I said, when he plays me, when he actually puts me back in the game, oh, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to make it worth his while for him to send me out that long. So I just stayed ready. <laughs> and I came in and scored like 40 points. I remember held my team in overtime. Everybody asking him the next day, why is he that day Robinson <laughs> not playing? <laughs> yeah. So I had, to the game. I had to let my game speak for me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because it, 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 yeah. me saying it verbally wasn't going to get across to the people. I want them to show out by my game, like, yo, he deserves to play. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't think I've never done anything bad to anybody or anyone or any organization yeah. to make it look bad in any way for me not to be playing basketball.
0: I wonder, so could you tell us a little bit, maybe, about like, your favorite memory as a Nick? I mean, it seems like between the buzzer beating three against the Sixers at the Garden, your rookie year, I remember that was crazy. And brings it
1: up, Kips it out, Robinson. Robinson with three pointer
0: 45-point game against the Trailblazers in 08. Ahead to Robinson quickly. made all the way down the lane. Challenging. Put it up and in! Yeah! Robinson's got
1: 42.
0: It was that major stretch in 2009 where you were averaging like 17 and 4 assists a night. Harrington for three. And
1: Robinson! from Nate Robinson flying in and slams in the rebound
0: looking back on 2005 to 2010 what are some of your fondest memories as a Nick does does one moment stand out more than another
1: man honestly man the, the best moments are just hanging with my buddies on my team man yeah like plane rides on the bus into the games after the games you know you know just just hanging out getting to know your, your like your buddies on your team man that's like like you, you, can't duplicate that. You who's know what your, saying? who's that, your best? That can't friend be altered. Man, I have a whole bunch of best friends. Man, a lot of them. Quinn Richardson, my big bro, who still contacts me today. We still talk every other, every other two, three days. He calls and checks up on me, which is pretty cool. Malik Rose, yeah, Jared, uh, yeah Carlos Boozer. I talk to him almost every day. when wow. Boozer text. me like really? every day. You know? Yeah, what's he Prior up to? to?
2: Chicago years. So, what's Carlos Boozer
0: um, up to?
1: Man, just chilling, doing a lot of. Uh, we do a podcast on uh, Uninterrupted. That's yeah, amazing. we do, we do. Yeah, we yeah, we got one coming up for All Star, and then we do. Nice. Uh, we're about to drop a clothes. uh basically like a brand, a little clothes line. Hold that brand like T-shirts and stuff like that he does commentating and he's just been traveling going snowboarding everywhere he comes to seattle and go snowboarding He would be having oh wow yeah i don't i don't do the snow because he's from alaska oh wow uh, that's you know, right so, yeah. So, but yeah so boozer i got the real right the real arthur Wilson Chandler. Uh, I got some cool friends, man, that's still keep in touch.
0: I love that. Nice. All right, so in 2010, you get traded to the Celtics for their playoff run, and you guys wind up making it all the way to the NBA Finals. Eventually, you lose to the Lakers. Can you tell us a little bit about playing alongside guys like KG, Rondo Ray Allen Paul Pierce like those guys I mean that team had legends like Shaq right Kendrick Perkins Jeff Green what what was it like playing with those guys man
1: it was awesome man just seeing all those greats that was on one team you know it was like every day I got to practice and get better with some of the best players you know some hall of famers like it was crazy and I'm you know playing them one-on-one beating some of them
2: who'd you beat one-on-one
1: everybody that was on that team got it got it I played (laughs) played one-on-one they know who they are I don't have to say no names (laughs) they know who they are but uh I mean it, it, it was just it was a great experience being around so much greatness and so much wisdom yeah. so many stories and then seeing you know how competitive you know i thought i was competitive you know there's people out there just like me like super competitive and, you know they want to win in everything rondo rondo used to bring on a plane tic-tac-toe uh, uh connect four
2: yeah yeah connect four like he's <laughs> you know he was
1: he wanted to do what he wanted to win in everything so yeah. it's pretty cool being around guys that just wanted to win in everything yeah like, oh yeah this is a, this is my type of party
0: so what was <laughs> nice. it what was it like going to practice with KG every day? I mean he's he's supposed to be like renowned um, the trash, biggest talker, trash right? talker. He
1: man, his intensity that you guys see him in, in the in the game, yeah, uh, see him in practice. In practice it's even worse.
0: Really? Oh man. Yeah, and he's a beast. Anything you could share with us? Anything uh anything crazy from practice that you could share with us about KG?
1: Man, I mean just KG's just a monster, man. He yeah. just he just knows he's 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 a he's a he's a goat and he'll let you know it. That's all. Yeah. Nothing you know, nothing that you see. You see he's a monster. He does a great job on Area Twenty one. Yeah. So shout out to Area Twenty One, man. He mm-hmm. does a, a great job of being a host, but he's a hell of a he's a hell of a person. He was a hell of a player and he was one of my 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 best teammates that I, that that I played around yeah. and played
0: with and then yeah. in uh, 2011 you get uh you you go over to OKC right and you're playing alongside Durant Westbrook Harden could you ever imagine that those guys would wind up having the careers on an individual level that they've all kind of blossomed into I mean James Harden's like a MVP is that is that something you could have even foreseen you know back in 2011 uh
1: no I mean seeing seeing those those guys playing KD. Russ and and Harden like whatever when I was there, it was crazy because their work ethic was so crazy. Like they would they would compete in everything they did as well. So we would do they would do shooting drills and they would be like the best of five and they would do one, the same move. Everybody's first one to make five and they would be there in that same spot going over because nobody would miss until somebody missed one's out and the next person goes. Like it was crazy shooting games one on ones just coming in early leaving late. You know they were in they were clocking in early and leaving late just like you're supposed to when you want to be a great player. It was it was unbelievable to watch them so young and so talented.
0: Yeah, they always describe those uh young OKC teams almost like a college atmosphere, right? When they were when they made the
1: Yeah. Finals. It, it, it sure is. Yeah. It sure is.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then in twenty twelve, uh, you played with the Bulls. Man, this I gotta say, this was so fun. Um rewatching all these games the the playoff run that you made with the bulls on youtube the last week let's talk a little bit about that that special year so chicago brings you in to play alongside derrick rose behind derrick rose he had been struggling with some leg and knee ailments and you really thrived man i remember watching that bulls nets playoff series in my apartment in new york city and just being completely unsurprised (laughs) when you put the whole (laughs) team on your back um, there was a 19 game stretch of the regular season and uh, from March to April where you were averaging 18 and 5 you you helped the Bulls lock up a fifth seed in the East. Nate, can you tell us a little bit about playing in front of another rabid fan base in Chicago? Like what were those fans like? Is the United Center kind of similar to the Garden with its like storied history and all the the legends uh, and that have played there and stuff? Yeah,
1: that's crazy. I never knew about those stats. That's pretty cool. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> crazy. I need mean, like, I see I just go hoop just to just go hoop. Like, exactly. That's just really, lovely. you know. Not to, I just, I do it because I love it, you know. And but being in Chicago that year was magical because that was the first time I actually got an opportunity to play heavy minutes because the guys were hurt, guys were out. So right, I was like, right. now, I, I'm gonna take this opportunity that God's presenting to me, and I'm gonna use it and show them that I really can play But I'm not just a dunker. Like people think, Oh, they robbed three times, for the dunk champion. Yeah, that's cool. I got, I got bounce. Yeah, okay, cool. I got real hoop game like I really like to play and I'm, I'm fun to I think I was fun to watch and in Chicago, you know it wasn't a, it wasn't perfect like how I played I had to go through a lot to be able to get my meds and it was it was it was worth it off. and then when guys you know were out, I stepped up I and mean, it was like one of the best times being around guys like Joe Kim Noah, who had a lot of positive energy. Uh, I love Joe Kim, he's hella cool. you know Luau dang. Rip Hamilton, that was with Boos. Jimmy Butler before Jimmy emerged to the player he is today. Right, Kaj um, right. Gibson. Uh, we got Bellinelli, who Malcolm, Malcolm Thomas was on that squad. Um, trying to think who else. Little Jeff. Uh, little uh, Marcus Teague. Marcus Teague. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's mm. my little my little Rook. He was real cool. But we had a we had a nice little squad, man. And. We played well together, man, regardless of what our coach wanted to yell and do whatever. Like, we really did well together. That team was awesome.
0: All right, let's talk about round one, game four, Bulls versus Nets. Man, I mean, that series, I mean, it was just bananas. The Bulls, so the Bulls were leading the Nets 2-1. to one. This is in 2012. And in game four, you guys were down nine points with three minutes left. And you scored 12 unanswered points to force triple overtime and win the game. Nate, you finished with 34 points. You had 23 points in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, the Bulls won the series in seven games. Steve Kerr, I don't know if you've ever re-watched the, the, the clip of that fourth quarter, but Steve Kerr, he was calling the game on TNT. He said it was one of the greatest fourth quarter performances in NBA history. There's Robinson. Yes! It's down to two. Dave Robinson has taken over this game with an assortment of shot making, drives to the hoop, emotional plays, confidence, drilling his team back into this game. A remarkable display. What do you remember about those final few minutes in the fourth quarter, man? Like, how, how do you, and like, like how how did you put the team on your back in that game? Like, how'd you do it?
1: Man, honestly, bro, the ball just found the energy that it needed, and <laughs> at the time, No, for real, at the, my dad, he's always telling me that the ball will find the energy that it needs. No matter who it's coming from. Nice. So these guys just tell me, oh, with your energy, just be ready. Because when just like, you know, it, it comes in waves. It'll it, 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 it come to you, and then you got to just know how to keep that energy going the whole time. So throughout the course of that game, you got to watch. If you watch that, the, the, the 23 points, everything was in sequence. I, I, I made a couple of good passes. Like, the energy was going through. The, the shots were falling. The plays that we were calling teams did a great job of calling the right plays to get me open, to be able to to do all those things. My teammates setting screens, you know, getting me open, you know, just playing the right way, man. And we did that, and that's how we won the game. It wasn't because I was scoring the whole time, but, but just them guys even believing in each other and believing in me that I was the hot hand at the time, unless... You know, let's beat him.
0: Did you know something was going on? Like, did you did you know, like, you had some special energy? Like, two minutes left, you're in the, the timeout with Tibbs and Joakim Noah and everyone. Did you know, like, hey, you guys got to get me the ball. I got something going on here. Like, I can't. Nah, that.
1: that's one thing. That's one thing I never, I don't ever ask for the ball. I tell my, I teach my son about that. Man, when you're open, you're you're open. You're good. You know, hand up. You know, don't be just, extra, just forcing it. Like, I try not to force shots yeah. when I'm hot. Like, I try to take the best shots possible. I mean, I know it sounds crazy because I took crazy shots before, but as all, <laughs> players, as all all players do. But like when I'm hot, it's a it's a different kind of hot. Like seeing a little guy get hot like that, like even when Isaiah Thomas goes for his 40s and 50s, it looks crazy, right? Because he's a little guy. Mm-hmm. Right? how he doing it? It looks so. It just looks so much cooler when a little guy goes goes off like that than big guys because they're expected to do that. It comes unexpected from us, and I think that's like, it's like that little gift you get for Christmas, but that big gift is in that little box, you know. What I'm saying you open it, and it's like everything you wanted.
0: Man, it was yeah. it, it was it was exhilarating, exhilarating. So wild, that
2: play. yeah. Just like rewatching that uh, uh, recently, that that game, uh, just like so insane. Like you said, it looked like it was like when a person of your size is able to do that. It just looks like it's like like magical almost. You know, it's like seems like such an impossible feat. And then when just like shot after shot is going in, including that, I have to ask you, did you call a bank on that uh, on that running one-hander to, to force or No. So listen,
1: so listen, <laughs> so that play, when I went right and I gave him a little head and I went right, he put his hand in the way. Like, you know, I tried to get the James Harden foul. And uh, right right out, he put his hand away and I went up. <laughs> so I tried to get the foul and I tried to shoot a three, but I was close. So right when he put his hand up, I just went to shoot it. And he kind of fouled me too and I shot through <laughs> it and it hit the backboard. Oh, Uh, man. But I was trying to get the
2: foul. So it could have been a three-point play to win the game, is what you're saying.
1: Basically, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you still got the win, though, right? Yeah, we did. We did get the win.
0: All right, Nate, let's talk a little bit uh, uh, about the slam dunk contest. We got the All-Star game right around the corner here. Um, You are the only three-time NBA slam dunk contest champion. You won the contest in 2005, 2006, 2008, 2009, and then 2009, 2010. Um, uh, ben and I just did an episode a week ago about our favorite slam dunk contest performances. There's uh, all, so many great different performances we could talk about, but I'm curious about your your process, man. Can you t- can you talk to us about coming up with like some of these dunk ideas? Is it is it like something you practice? Is it something you draw up? It can't be like spur of the moment, right?
1: Uh well I, when I was younger I used to always just try to dunk on the little little hoops, like little dunkable hoops when mm, I was young. Oh, yeah. Of course. So when I I remember my first the First time we went to those, and I was just like, "Man, this is cool!" If you can be able to do these in the games, and I, well, as a kid, just you know, I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna start trying some of these dunks." And I just started trying them on ten feet, and they start working. I was like, "Wow, this is crazy!" So I just started practicing <laughs> my dunks more and more and more, like, come being creative, watching different ways to jump and different dunks that have probably never been done. So it was just, and then. Just doing other dunks that people do and just doing them just like they do them, but better because I'm littler than you. So it looks way better from a little guy.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you when you uh, could first dunk on a 10-foot hoop? I was like 14. Jesus.
1: <laughs> Holy
0: shit.
2: Are
1: you serious? <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, well, I was dunking like tennis balls and volleyballs in middle school at 13. uh eighth grade, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a basketball. basketball. I didn't start dunking basketball until my freshman year. I was like 14.
0: Good God, man. That's wow. insane. That's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> for the audience listening at home, in the 2000, 2005 five, two thousand six dunk contest, that's Nate's rookie year. He had a perfect fifty with a dunk over Spud Webb. That's kind of the iconic one from that year. Then in 08-09, uh, there was the Kryptonate uh, when you dunked over Dwight Howard, who was dressed up as Superman. Nate is five foot nine. He dunked over Dwight Howard, who's six foot eleven, for the for the win. Um,
2: We're, like, wearing the 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 uh green uh uni and green sh- green sneakers too. Right. I might add,
0: yeah. yeah. And then Which in two thousand nine ten, we had the uh, the dunk. You brought the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders come out, cheerleaders and then you had yeah. that sick. Uh, Dunk off the backboard, the reverse slam, and you become the yeah, only. nobody. See, look,
1: nobody's ever tried that before. You feel me? Like nobody's done that. a Dunk contest, throw off the backboard and do a reverse one eighty.
0: It was dunk. sick, man. Filthy, filthy, yeah. filthy. So you became the only three time slam dunk contest champion. Any memories about just the whole experience uh, as we approach this uh, All Star Weekend and, and uh, slam dunk contest?
1: Man, that that whole man. That let, let me tell you, the the slam dunk competition, like. Getting ready for that is so much fun. Like just knowing that everybody's about to be watching and then you get to show the world like literally it's all about you and the, and your dunks and what you can do, bring people out their seats. I wanted people to be jumping out their seats at home watching it like, oh, did you
0: just see what the little But the little guys (laughs) are like
1: that's what I wanted. And I I hope I gave the
0: people what they wanted. Dude, I feel like you were tailor made for that event. Because like I said before, about you playing at the garden, like one thing about Nate Robinson is this is a showman, man. Like he is putting on a show every time he's on the court. And I just feel like when you went up and slammed, it was always emphatic, you know? It was just so exhilarating to see you throw down. So um Really, yeah. You were not only like
2: not only like an incredible like dunker, but also like the way you would sell the dunk and yeah. like everything at like a- afterward. You know, like the dance or whatever it was. Like that's like such a an important part of it that I feel like a lot of these guys like. Kinda kinda like. Gloss it'd, be over.
1: Too, it'd be too cool. It'd be too yeah, cool. Exactly,
2: yeah. exactly. I hate when they're like, ah, no big deal, whatever. Like See, is this a... is what I
1: wish. I wish that back in the day. I mean,
2: when I was a kid growing
1: up watching the duck contest, you know, back in the day you can play music. Uh, you know, like they used to play music in it to get you hyped. I couldn't imagine playing a song that I actually wanted to just get hyped to and go, I probably would've I probably would've jumped through the hoop. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, so man.
1: I wish they, I wish they can bring that back. Where you can, you know, it's, it's like it's like bringing out your prop. Like I would, I would bring my favorite artist out. It's Drake was my yeah. favorite artist, or you know what I'm saying.
0: Like okay, your, like uh, your uh, WWE entrance I music
1: to be out there with me. You know, to turn up and whatever song I want them to play that song and have them come out and perform that for that little bit of time.
0: All right, Nate, let's talk a little bit. uh, So that that was the the past. That was the past, uh, your NBA days. Let's talk a little bit about the present, some of the stuff that you got going on these days. I know when you're away from NBA courts, you're still busy staying in shape, keeping fit. Uh, That remains a big thing for you. Uh, between like the the big three and just strength training, talk to us a little bit about um, you know fitness in general. How how has your fitness routine and regimen changed over the years?
1: Um, now I just try to eat 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 a little better, and then I just try to work out uh, every other three like three days a week. Where I'm I do two days, and then the other two days that I do is just like shooting or massage. You know, saying but just to try to take care of my body for as long, because I I want to be I want to be a dad that's 40, 50 years old, and I can still kick my kid's ass and basketball. it <laughs> <Hell laughs> yeah. Motivation, my motivation is changing. You know, has changed over the years, but I, I just want to be as fit as I can, and I just try to you know tend to work out you know every day, but three days a week, or I go really hard at it and then knowing knowing when to give my body some rest.
0: From like a fitness and workout perspective, is there stuff that you do now that you weren't doing back in your playing days? Like is there is has your workout regimen changed at all in terms of like stuff you do when you are working out?
1: Yeah, I work out a little smarter than I used to. Then I would just try to, you know, just try to be as fit as, I mean, I used to really go hard in the gym, like young, and not knowing what to do. Just by being in the gym now, there's certain areas of my body that I just really work on, which are my, since having my knee surgery, my hamstrings, quads, calves, like I need my mm. legs to be strong. My upper body, I do natural push ups, pull ups, pull the tire, pick up the tire, sleds. Um mm. oh
0: man, those sleds uh, are brutal. I, I man. do a
1: lot of do a lot of rowing. Rowing is, is crucial. Oh my God. I hate that thing, but the rowing is, is like the crew stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I mean that besides I do a lot of I do boxing in the summers on Thursdays. So, I mean, I just do a whole bunch of stuff to get a full-body workout just to keep my body looking, looking amazing so I can stay young forever. <laughs>
2: That's what it's all about.
1: In fact, I don't, I don't want to be... I'm gonna be young, thinking mentally, of course. I want to be young mentally and physically. I, I want to just stay young and youthful,
0: mind and body, right? So I read yes, that. Um,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I read that you kept that you've kept in such good shape that you actually had a tryout with the Seattle Seahawks a couple years ago, right?
1: Yeah, man, they gave me a little tryout. It was pretty fun. I had a I had a good time down there. I ran like a four or five forty. It's pretty slow for me, but you know, coming off an ACL injury, for them, for never doing. <laughs> injured before i think that's pretty darn good i know Man. if i didn't never get injured i probably ran a four two four three for sure all
0: right so if you were to play in today's nfl what position would you play and like who's your who's your nfl comp you mentioned deon sanders before right
1: yeah i, I mean I, I love to play defense but watching how mahomes is out here throwing the ball i would love to play offense just so i can score some touchdowns for i sure. feel like
0: you could be but, a 2 I mean, player defense.
1: Defense, i would play defense for sure i would definitely want to play both but I would probably pick defense because you know defense is hard getting a stop is like the dopest and it's like it's a better it's a better feeling getting to stop on somebody in, in football than come coming and scoring a touchdown cuz I think touchdowns are easier to score than getting stopped so Net- playing defense getting a stop getting a pick or stripping the ball fumble or something defensively is just way it's way more fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I could see you playing all over the field, man. If I was coach, I'd have you returning punts, and I'd have you play. I would deck. be doing all that. Yeah,
1: Pump returns, kick up returns. I, I want to do all those.
0: Then I put you in like little packages on offense, like throw you screen all passes, that. I would let love you just yeah.
1: I'm mad that you're not my coach. <laughs>
0: Um all right. Well while we're on the topic of fitness, uh let's talk a little bit about what you're doing with slam it in the bag. So you're currently working with a team on an all natural gym bag deodorizer, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. It's an all natural Bag deodorizer. It's uh it's called slamming in the bag. You know, me and my brother, my brother came up with that name. He was like, Man, just rapping we just talking, and he was like, Man, all you gotta do is just slam it in the bag. And he was like, That's it. And I was like, Oh, that is it. That's that's funny. So he came up with the the, uh slam it in the bag.
2: And that's your brother in the in the video, too, right? Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah. Dude, we love the video. Uh, So
1: yeah, so basically it's a natural tea tree oil and it's a it's an initial oil, and once the natural oils from the jail, from the jail, get airborne. Yeah, it starts to eliminate the odors and bacteria at the source. So the idea so, is,
0: you throw this little thing in your gym bag, and when you throw your yep. sweaty clothes in the gym bag, the idea is it doesn't stink. So yeah, so bag, right?
1: you know, like you know, you got a gym bag, you got it. You, you like you keep your shoes there. You don't wear yep. your gym bag. Yep. Your, your gym shoes to the to the courts or to the to the workout. Right. You always have a bag in, in your bag or whatever. So you you know after over time when you you know you're sweaty, your sweaty feet. And them shoes, you throw it back in your bag. It's just about it you know, kills it kills germs, bacteria and stuff. It's it's it smells amazing and it lasts up to like twenty. It's like twenty four seven like for like three months. It works fully full capacity for like three months. So you get a lot of use out of it. And it's gonna you but you can put them in your cars, your lockers. It's not just for your bag as well, but you can use it universal. You can it's it's good around the house. Yeah. I put them in my kids room all the time. <laughs> like you know, they, you know, they I know they be having a whole bunch of dirty stuff in their rooms.
0: <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Stinking, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just
1: put them. I put them in the hallways. I put them on all around the, in, in their laundry rooms, like everywhere around the house. They're just everywhere.
0: Sweet. So if <laughs> nice. uh, if if uh, people in the audience are listening and they're curious and want to find out more, you can uh, read more about the yes, product. Yes, you
1: can go to or Great. you can you can follow me, Nate Robinson, on Instagram, or you can follow Scott a uh, uh, on Instagram as well. And we have, it's not just slamming in the bag, but we have more products coming out. We have a a dope uh, spray that's coming out that you can spray it on equipment. It it cleans your your actual football, soccer, hockey equipment. So it's pretty cool.
0: So yesterday was the NBA trade deadline. And I'm curious, like as someone who's gone through the process of being moved, Give us a sense of like what that pro- what that process is like, like having to uproot your whole life, move your family, move your belongings, move to a new city Man, in the middle of the city. The, the
1: hard part, the hard part, the only hard part about getting traded is that, like when you become an adult and you know about renting and leases and month-to-month leases and stuff that sometimes you stuck into a year lease.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> got
1: when I got traded from the Knicks, I ended up keeping my my little townhouse that I had down in 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 New York. Yeah. When I got traded yeah. from the Knicks to the Celtics, and then. On days where we had off, I would drive up to New York to see my family and stuff. So I kept that one. But when I left Boston and they traded me to OKC, okay, the people wouldn't let me out of my lease. They made yeah. me have to. I had to go to court and stuff like Like I got traded. I'm like it's out of my control. They like you know. So that's the hard part. Is dealing with that part because that's uh, that's hard that's tough yeah but do, do I mean, fans
0: do you think fans kind of underestimate how difficult it is for yeah players? because
1: they cause, because they get attached they get attached to the player like they're a part of their everyday life because they go they go work they go chill they're oh my 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 warriors are on i want to see kevin durant right. And, right and curry you know what i'm saying and then when these guys are not on those teams they like man they they heart be broken sometimes but you know they got to understand that they're the basketball players are human just like you guys are human like sometimes your job I amongst mean, your family you have to you have to you have to leave and move somewhere else. kids don't like it parents don't like it but it happens but able to
0: be able to deal with it. I also, th- I bet like fans don't totally understand that like when you're traded in the middle of a season, like what's happening to you off the court can also really affect the way you play. Like if you're miserable off the court, like you might have a hard time playing well on the court. Or you know, if if you're in court because you're released, you know, there's there's an issue with your lease, <laughs> like it's going to affect the way you play that night, right? Yeah,
1: well, sometimes it may, but you know, I, like once I play basketball and I'm in my mind, I don't let nothing. Yeah. Bother me. Once right. if it, if it could be the worst thing on earth can be happening. Once I'm locked in the game, oh, I'm locked in, ready to play, and I'll deal with it afterwards. Because that's my that's my happy time. Nobody gets to affect my happy time and my time to be, you know, at my all time happiest. There's nobody in the world that's messing up that. I'm not gonna let nobody mess up that because that's what makes me, you know, saying that's what makes me extremely happy at that time. It's playing a fun game and get to play hard in front of thousands, millions of people. Like that's come on yeah man that's crazy
0: <laughs> what's your thought on the current state of the league like between the social media stuff the rumors the leaks the trades the woge bombs players were requesting trades to certain teams for contract extensions um in your day it seemed like a little bit less like crazy uh maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe i'm wrong about that i don't know like no nah,
1: you're right no nah, it's just that we we couldn't speak out like that back in the day yeah like, it, was right. of, it was like frowned upon right like, now it's like you know, like people all wanna go play with this player and I, like I I'm I am i have never heard it so much, but I guess people want the easy way out and I don't know. I don't know. I d I I couldn't
0: Is the league in a good place? Like do you are, are you worried? Do you think this is like a good thing, a bad thing, or is it you know, neither good nor bad? No nah, I mean, man I don't
1: know. hey man, the league go through phases like now everybody rocking fanny packs again, like stages.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For right, sure. right. It's
1: gonna go it's gonna go through but now guys are younger, faster, stronger, like it's only going to get younger. The, 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 the younger kids coming in wanting to be on different teams and play with different players. You know, it's not.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know. I don't know. If people, like you said, you got to ask people their goals. Like, what are their individual goals? What are your team goals? What are you like? That all matters. What do you want out of playing basketball? Some people just Some people just want to hoop and don't, you know, care to be that big superstar. They yeah. just want to hoop. Yeah,
0: for some sure. Some people yeah.
1: want to be that superstar by the moment. Somewhere. Some people want to go team up. Like, like me, I never wanted to leave the Knicks. This is the only team I wanted to play for. When I got to New York, I was like, okay, I don't have to be nowhere. I didn't never want to leave. I was heartbroken when they traded me, but I had to go. I had to make the best of it. And I looked at it like, okay, cool, I'm going to get opportunity to have more fans than everybody in the NBA because I, I didn't play for so many teams. I get all them fans.
0: <laughs> I know you still keep up with the Knicks a little bit. What was your what was your thought or reaction when you heard that they traded Porzingis to uh, to Dallas?
1: I never knew that he wanted to be traded. That was my first thing. I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs>
0: yeah. Really?
1: Like, New York loves you and you yeah. play well. Like, why would you want to leave? Yeah, I don't know. I never wanted to leave New York. Like,
0: yeah,
1: that was even if they, the thing even if they asked what team would you want to play for after after I was on the Knicks. They're like, you can choose where you want to go. I'm like, I'm, I'm where I'm at.
0: Yeah, man, I hear you. I hear. Hell yeah, you. I feel the same way. Um, all right, give us a thought
1: unless on... they had the Sonics.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say, uh, give us a thought right. on the Seattle Perfect. Sonics, man. Is Perfect there, um, segue. Is is there a chance? If we had the
1: Sonics, I would have to. I would have to say Seattle would be the team I would never want to play for any other team if I was on fire.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Did you grow you grew up watching the Sonics? Yes, I did, watching
1: Gabe Payne and Sean Kemp.
0: Oh man. Yeah, of course.
2: What what was it like when, when that uh when that team, you know, got I would say uh to put it to put it mildly, stolen away from the city of Seattle. I didn't really
1: do that. And that was the first time I really saw the day you could just take a whole team somewhere else if you want. <laughs> yeah,
2: crazy yeah. man. Because
1: when I came when I came home when I came home to play mm-hmm. uh, my rookie year, my second year in the league, I got a chance to come home and play. Like I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Like all my people from West state of Washington really get to watch me play. That grew up. Oh like, uh, right, right they they were were still, still there, there right. right. High school, UW, like, and then go back and play. It was like the coolest thing. Like, I loved it. We ended up winning the game. I had like 13. It was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then to play alongside with Jamal Crawford, you know, who went, who I went to high school with, and it was just pretty cool to be able to share that
0: moment. Yeah, man, Seattle's nice, a hotbed. Right. Seattle's a hotbed for basketball, huh? There are a bunch of guys that sure. came out of Pacific Northwest. For sure.
2: Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense that they don't have a team, honestly. Nate,
0: before we get, yeah. before we let you go, quick couple lightning round questions. Give us your favorite all-time teammate. Your
1: favorite all-time teammate. Mm. Come back to that
0: one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is the best? Uh, who's the best dunker that you ever played with or against? Besides yourself, obviously. The best
1: dunker I ever played against
0: yeah. would be.
2: Vince Carter for sure. For sure, I, I it's
1: funny. I used to get excited when he used to dunk when we played when I was playing against him when I was on the Knicks. i would like, dang, he got another dunk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was he who was he playing I mean, with? Who was he playing with when you played against him? Was he on the Nets or was he still with the Raptors at that point? He was
1: at the, uh, he was he was in he was in Jersey, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and then he went to Orlando. He was in a couple
1: right? places, Jersey. Yeah.
0: Orlando, yeah, was the who's the best trash talker you ever played with or against? Is it KG? Kevin,
1: yeah, him and Gary Payton. I didn't. Well, yeah, him oh, and Gary Payton. You played against I Gary played.
0: Payton. So yeah,
1: listen, that's right, I played against James. him. So listen, I'm gonna tell you this quick story real quick. It's gonna, it's gonna make you guys laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was, when I was a young kid, Gary Payton had an AU team here in Seattle, Washington, called the GP All star Well, we were, the, we the Payton Baker All Stars when once, uh, Vin Baker teamed up and helped sponsor my AAU team. But it was the GP All, we were called the GP All-Stars. And we were sponsored by Gary Payton. So we had all Gary Payton's shoes. and he like We had the dope colors and jerseys and everything. And we rev, we were represented by uh, by GP. So one day, I told Gary Payton, I said, yeah, I'm going to make it to the NBA and play against you and hoop you. And he was like, yeah, whatever, kid. Like, keep dreaming, whatever. I was like, I am. Watch. I'm going to make it to the NBA. I'll be playing against you soon. I'll see you soon. Right. I told him this years, years ago years ago. And uh I remember the first day I got to play against him and he was on Miami Heat. He's on the Miami Heat at the time. Right, so then I right, came right. in. So I came in the game and I'm like, bro, you remember me? What's up, GP?" I said today's the day. And he was like, Well, Nate, he, uh, I, said, I told you, bro. <laughs> he wow. Was like, oh, he, he, he was like, Wow, it, you man. did say he said you did say you was gonna make it here and I ended up getting my first dunk in the NBA with him on the court. Oh no
0: shit! Yeah. That's, yeah, pretty cool. Right? That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Damn, that
2: is incredible.
0: Uh, ben, any last questions for you? Anything you want to ask Nate before we let him go?
2: I was wondering what was your personal favorite dunk from your uh, three slam dunk championships? Oh man, the first one for sure.
1: Me jumping over Spud, Spud. you know, paying, yeah. my, paying homage, yeah. to my, to my, you know, to, to the
2: goat. Yeah, that I did before me. I mean, it made so much sense. That w- that was a perfect moment. Yeah.
0: All right, sure. yeah. Nate. Thank you for hopping on the pod, real quick. Where can people yeah, find sure. you on social media? What's your what's social your media?
1: Handle? Social media: Instagram, Nate Robinson. Twitter is Nate underscore Robinson. Uh, Facebook is Nate Robinson. Great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you guys can find me where you know everywhere. You know, I'm all around. And make sure you guys go get Slamming in the Bag. Go to com. It's a great way uh, to protect. You know, to protect our players, moms, dad. You guys will thank me later. We're all <laughs> our athletes fresh and clean, uh, trying to keep them away from you know bacteria, MRSA, athletes feet, all that yucky stuff. just slam it in the bag, everybody should have it, man. So I thank you guys. I appreciate you guys.
0: Nate, thanks for hopping dude. on the pod, man. You are yeah. a, you are a thank Knicks you so legend. Much. You're a Knicks legend. We love you and we appreciate all you did, man.
2: Yeah, thank you. Man. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll talk this to you This is soon. awesome, dude. Thank, thank all you.
0: Right. All right, that was the conversation with Nate Robinson. Nate, thank you so much. My name's Chris Mendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at line underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website. That's onthelinepodcast.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show, and Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Have a great week. Enjoy the All-Star Game. Enjoy the Slam Dunk Contest. And I will talk to you guys next week.